Hello, knowledge seekers. In this episode of 20 Minute Books, we delve into The Extended Mind, an enlightening read that challenges the confines of conventional thinking. Published in 2021, this book presents a captivating argument for the power of utilizing our bodies, surroundings, and social connections as extensions of our cognitive processes. The journey to heightened intellect, as author Annie Murphy-Paul elegantly argues, traverses beyond the cerebral boundaries and taps into the dynamic interplay between our physical movements, the spaces we inhabit, and the company we keep. Annie Murphy-Paul has earned her reputation as a distinguished science writer with a history of contributions to prominent publications such as The New York Times Magazine and Scientific American. Beyond this, she has made her mark as the author of influential works like Origins and The Cult of Personality. Her insightful TED Talk on redefining intelligence has captured the attention of over 2.6 million viewers, showcasing her expertise in the field. The Extended Mind is a must-read for those fascinated by the intricate dance between the body, brain, and environment. It serves as a vital resource for anyone aiming to craft spaces that stimulate creativity and collaboration. Moreover, it's an insightful guide for those wishing to enhance the effectiveness of their work and learning relationships. Dive into this thoughtful exploration of cognition with us and expand your understanding of where and how we truly think. The Extended Mind, The Power of Thinking Outside the Brain Introduction Expand Your Mind, How Your Brain Draws Power from the World Around You It's a question that strikes at the very heart of philosophy and cognitive science. Where do we draw the line between our minds and everything else out there? The conventional wisdom suggests a clear boundary. The mind sits within the brain and the external world lies beyond. But what if this distinction isn't as clear-cut as we believe? Back in 1998, Andy Clark and David Chalmers rocked the world of cognitive science with their paper, The Extended Mind. They challenged the idea that the mind was an isolated entity trapped within the skull, arguing that it was deeply interconnected with the environment, technology, our bodies, and social interactions. According to Clark and Chalmers, The tools and technologies we use, take computers for example, aren't just accessories to cognition, they're integral parts of the cognitive process, essentially acting as extensions of our minds. In the book The Extended Mind, author Annie Murphy-Paul delves into this trailblazing concept. She weaves through a tapestry of research that not only supports the extended mind theory, but also illustrates its profound implications. Through this journey, we're invited to reimagine the mind not as a solitary processor, but as a dynamic system interfacing with the universe in intricate and meaningful ways. By the time we reach the end, there's a promise that our perception of the mind, both our own and those of others, will be illuminated, revealing a cognitive landscape far more expansive than we previously understood. Part 1. Unlocking the Body's Wisdom the untapped intelligence of bodily sensations. Picture the intense energy of a Wall Street trading floor, traders darting across a space scattered with glowing screens, 
their voices crescendoing into a cacophony of buy and sell orders. This environment is a battleground for wits, endurance, and mental agility. Amidst this chaos stood John Coates, not just an ordinary trader, but a man of mathematics with a doctorate from Cambridge. He made an intriguing observation. The most successful traders didn't necessarily have the most analytical brains or the highest academic accolades. Instead, they seemed to possess a unique ability to listen to their gut. Coates himself experienced this phenomenon. Despite meticulous planning and flawless logic, some of his trades fell flat, while following an inexplicable hunch often led to success, as if his body had foreseen the outcome before his mind processed it. Fascinated by this, Coates transitioned from the pulsing thrill of trading to the quieter, contemplative halls of academia to explore the science behind his observations. He came to understand something profound. Our bodies harness a form of subconscious knowledge through sensations, a process known as embodied cognition. Here's the fascinating part. The multitude of sensory data we absorb every moment doesn't always break through our conscious thoughts, but it's not discarded. It's silently processed in the background. When a notable pattern emerges, our subconscious communicates with us. A quickened pulse, a flutter in the gut, or a muscle twitch. This phenomenon is what scientists call interoception, our sensitivity to internal bodily cues. In 2016, Coates's research lent empirical heft to his Wall Street epiphany. Traders who were more perceptive of their heartbeats, an indicator of interoceptive acumen, tended to outperform their peers financially. Evidently, there's an advantage to being attuned to the body's quiet intelligence. And it's not just the domain of traders. Interoception can confer advantages across various fields and situations. Better still, it's a skill anyone can hone. A compelling way to develop this is through a mindfulness body scan, a simple drill that involves closing your eyes and gently shifting your attention along your body, from toes to head, acknowledging every sensation along the way. Later in our exploration, you'll find a guided mindfulness body scan exercise, an opportunity for you to begin fostering this invaluable skill and tapping into your body's hidden wisdom. Part 2. Embrace the dance of thought, how movement fuels creativity, focus, and recollection. Get ready for an insight that's going to encourage you to get up and move, literally. It turns out, movement isn't just good for your physical health, it's also an incredible catalyst for your cognitive processes. Here's an eye-opening revelation, backed by research. When radiologists from the Mayo Clinic, led by Jeff Fiddler, were put to the test, those who analyzed X-ray images while walking on treadmills were significantly more thorough than their seated counterparts, capturing 99% of abnormalities compared to 85%. It appears that when we are physically active, our attention to detail, our alertness, and our perceptual clarity all spring to life. Why does movement have such a profound impact? The key might lie in our evolutionary heritage. Our hunter-gatherer ancestors were constantly traversing the savannas, their survival hinging on their ability to detect nuanced environmental cues with razor-sharp memory and decision-making, all of which was optimized through movement. Today, despite our sedentary tendencies, 
our brains still thrive on the synergy between motion and cognition. Moreover, engaging our bodies in learning activities can deepen our understanding and recall. Consider children mastering the basics of arithmetic through the kinetic joy of hopscotch. Even more fascinating is the practice of embodying concepts in movement to stimulate breakthroughs, as demonstrated by Jonas Salk, whose playful mimicry of a virus engaged with an immune system led him to the polio vaccine. No need to reenact a microbial showdown or leap into a game of academic hopscotch to boost your brain power, though. As we'll see, even small gestures can inject a dose of dynamism into our thought processes. So the next time you're pondering a problem or craving a creativity spike, don't just sit there. Take a stroll, stretch out, or simply gesture expansively. Your mind might just reward you with its next great idea. Part 3. Hand Signals. How gestures shape our thoughts and conversations. Delve into the world of communication research, and you'll meet a fascinating figure, Christian Heath. His passion? Filming human interactions to unravel the dance of conversation. Among all body language, Heath gives particular regard to the hands. Imagine a scene in a doctor's office. A doctor prescribes anti-inflammatory drugs, his hands sweeping downwards thrice as he speaks. The motion itself telegraphs inflammation, even before the word is spoken, knitting understanding between doctor and patient. This exchange is a textbook example of gestural foreshadowing. Our hands are often the vanguards of our vocabulary, marching ahead to map out our thoughts. In fact, Gestures are our primal language, the pre-lingual tools we used as infants, and the language that our ancestors likely employed before speech evolved. Time for a practical tip. When engaging in conversation, let your hands move freely. You'll notice they don't just mimic your words. They amplify, underline, and sometimes reveal your meaning before you've found the precise verbal expression. It's the delicate art of gestural foreshadowing, and it accelerates your thinking by lifting some of the cognitive burden from your brain. But the power of gestures extends beyond our personal lexicon to the listening ears, or, more aptly, watching eyes of those around us. By transforming abstract concepts into dynamic movements, we aid others' comprehension, engaging them in a multisensory dialogue. Let's briefly run through the mental marvels we've encountered so far. Embodied cognition is the brain's subconscious knack for recognizing patterns through our sensing organs, processing this information into physical responses we experience as instinctual sensations. Interoception is about tuning into those sensations, the intuitive edge that some might leverage to outmaneuver others in high-stakes situations. We also touched on the cognitive advantages of simple movement, those physicians pacing on treadmills epitomize the idea. Motion partners with mental prowess. And finally, we delved into gestural foreshadowing, the phenomenon where our hands are often the first harbingers of our communicative intent, not only aiding our interlocutors, but also streamlining our own thought processes. With these insights in hand, we're ready to take the next steps with the extended mind, venturing beyond the physical self and into the surrounding world, beginning in the bustling milieu of New York in the 1940s. Part 4. Unleashing creativity with a breath of fresh air. 
How Nature Rejuvenates the Mind. Picture Jackson Pollock in the 1940s, a troubled artist amid the cacophony of New York City, his innovate canvases unnoticed, and his spirit burdened. A pivotal move to the quiet expanse of Long Island sparked a transformation. Surrounded by rows of trees, rolling fields, and the vast open sky, Pollock created masterpieces of abstract art that pulsated with an energy reflective of the natural world around him. This story paints a vivid illustration of how nature can act as a balm for the weary mind and a catalyst for innovation. In fact, the healing touch of nature has long been recognized, and now research validates what we've instinctively known. The mere view of trees from a hospital window can alleviate patients' pain, and a promenade through a leafy park offers solace to the troubled mind, offering evidence in favor of Mother Nature's therapeutic prowess. Beyond easing our ailments, though, immersing ourselves in natural environments can actually turbocharge cognitive function. A University of Chicago study found that individuals who wandered through a lush arboretum performed remarkably better in memory assessments than their urban walking counterparts. What is it about nature that invigorates our mental faculties? One explanation may relate to the complexity yet peacefulness of natural scenes. They present a tapestry of textures, layers, and shades rife with patterns, fractals, that engage without overwhelming us. Frequent exposure to fractals, a staple in natural vistas, doesn't just please the eye. It sharpens spatial awareness and judgment. Pollock's story may have intertwined with the magic of fractals. His iconic drip paintings echo the repeatable yet unpredictable patterns of the natural world, mirroring the fractal essence of his rural surroundings. Unshackled in a space that breathed inspiration, he translated nature's randomness into the language of paint. And then there's the element of awe. Staring into the endless expanse that surrounded him, whether sea, sky, or land, Pollock surely experienced moments of overwhelming wonder that diminish our egos and embolden our ideas. Research spearheaded by Dasha Keltner at UC Berkeley suggests that awe, that profound reaction to the majesty of nature, nudges us away from narrow preconceptions, broadening our mental horizons. While nature's breath stimulates our thoughts and emotions, it's also true that not every task benefits from the grandness of natural spaces. Sometimes, we need the quiet harbor of sanctuary to focus our minds. Part 5. Crafting Sanctuaries for the Mind. Why Personal Space Enhances Deep Thinking. Wind back to the days of Jackson Pollock in his sanctuary on Long Island. A studio nestled within an old barn. The walls adorned with his artwork, the floors, a constellation of paint supplies, turpentine jugs and brushes, all meticulously positioned. It was his sanctum, a place where the clamor of the world was muted, allowing him the privacy and autonomy to delve deeply into his art. Pollock's studio exemplifies a fundamental truth, environments that we can call our own, that offer refuge and a sense of personal stake, are fertile grounds for creative and analytical undertakings. This isn't just an artist's luxury. It's a necessity validated by scientific inquiry. Consider the compelling evidence from psychologist Craig Knight and his colleague Alex Haslam, who investigated how varying degrees of control over an office space 
impacted productivity and contentment. The results were stark. Individuals who had the freedom to arrange and adorn their workspace reported and exhibited significant improvement in their performance and satisfaction. Moreover, research indicates that privacy, like having the option to close a door, not only defends against distractions, but also endows a sense of empowerment that can spur creativity. But this leaves us questioning the wisdom behind the ubiquitous open office layout. Unfortunately, evidence paints a grim picture. Open offices, with their shared spaces and visible co-workers, are detrimental for concentration and trust, and they stifle innovative thinking. For those familiar with the cacophony and visual flood of open workspaces, the struggles are tangible. Engaging in focused reading or writing becomes a Herculean task amidst the babble of nearby conversations, which unwittingly vie for the same cognitive bandwidth. Furthermore, as social creatures hardwired for community, the human brain finds it hard to ignore faces that float into our peripheral vision. This reflex, rooted in our need to decipher social cues and potential threats, drains cognitive stamina. And what does cognitive fatigue induce? Reliance on cliches, typecasts, and unsophisticated reasoning. The antithesis of intelligence. Open offices, championed for cost efficiency, and purported collaborative benefits, actually undermine the nuanced thinking they aimed to enhance. Despite the intention of fostering teamwork, open plan offices may not be the champions of collaboration they set out to be. Indeed, collaboration stands as a pillar of the extended mind, but it demands the right environment, a topic we'll unravel further. Before that, we'll discuss how our personal environments can become mirrors, reflecting and steering our intellectual journeys. Part 6. Mapping Out Ideas. The Tangible Power of Transforming Thoughts into Physical Forms. Envision Robert Caro, the esteemed journalist, diligently piecing together the monumental puzzle that is the biography of Lyndon B. Johnson. His office is a landscape of research, covered wall to wall with a tapestry of notes spanning over four decades and several thousand pages deep. How does Caro navigate this vast sea of information and craft it into a compelling narrative? The secret lies in his corkboard, a physical embodiment of thought and organization. Caro's technique leverages multiple strengths of the extended mind. Firstly, he practices offloading, transferring information from the confines of his mind onto the expansive board in front of him. This act, seemingly simple, unburdens his cognitive load and frees up mental space. Secondly, he achieves detachment gain. Observing his work from a distance, Caro gains fresh perspectives allowing insights to surface that might have otherwise remained submerged beneath the details. The third advantage is interactivity. By transforming his ideas into tangible notes that he can touch and move, he embodies cognition, thinking with his eyes, hands, and intellect in harmony. Without his wall-sized map, Caro admits the sheer volume of his research would be unmanageable. This speaks to a broader truth about human intellect, we are naturally adept at handling the concrete. Our evolutionary journey has honed our skills in manipulating objects and navigating space, 
traits that were crucial for survival. Abstraction, although a formidable mental ability, isn't always our cerebral strong suit. The lesson here is that there's no dishonor in leaning on the physical world to sharpen our mental edge. After all, genius is often about finding the right tools to expand one's mind. If a thinker of Caro's caliber harnesses objects to enable his intellect to soar, it stands to reason that we all could benefit from getting our thoughts out of our heads and into the world one note at a time. Part 7. Thinking Together. The Power of Social Collaboration in Expanding Our Minds. We've ventured through the extensions of human cognition within our bodies and our physical spaces. But what about the minds around us? Here's where we turn our focus to one of the most dynamic aspects of the extended mind, social interactions. Let's dive into the story of Carl Wieman, a Nobel laureate whose quest for better teaching unveiled a profound insight into human intelligence. Wieman, though an unparalleled physicist, hit a stumbling block as a university lecturer. His problem was stark. While his undergraduates could regurgitate physics theories, they struggled to wield the material critically or creatively. They remained tethered to a superficial understanding, unable to flex the deeper, more complex muscles of physics thought. But an epiphany came from Wieman's observations of his lab's PhD students. Initially, they too appeared constricted in their thinking. But as time passed, something remarkable happened. Through frequent interaction, discussion, and debate among themselves, these students began to bloom intellectually their thoughts bristling with originality and acumen. Wieman recognized the transformative power of conversation and interaction. He revamped his undergraduate curriculum, discarding monologue lectures in favor of group-focused, problem-solving discussions. The undergraduates had to glean knowledge from one another, often stepping into impromptu teaching roles and spurring collective motivation and focus. Through debate and discourse, they sharpened each other's thoughts drawing closer to solutions and, ultimately, to deeper comprehension. This educational method, dubbed active learning, has amassed substantial proof of its efficacy, particularly within STEM education. It augments topic understanding, exam performance, and even curbs dropout rates. This revelation aligns with our intrinsic nature as social beings. Our ancestors likely thrived not because of solitary musings, but via the sharing of knowledge, stories, and solutions. It's in our DNA to think in concert, to problem-solve in harmony, and to consider that perhaps our smartest thoughts occur not in isolation, but in the company of others. Part 8. Embark on a Journey Within. A Guided Mindfulness Body Scan Meditation. Mindfulness body scans invite you into a moment of delicate introspection and calm, an opportunity to connect with your inner world. As we embark on this guided meditation, ensure you are in a quiet space where you can remain undisturbed. If desired, switch to an audio version for a more immersive experience, or bookmark this for a later time when you can grant yourself this soothing pause. Begin by settling into a comfortable position either seated or lying down. Gently close your eyes and allow yourself to take three deep, unhurried breaths. With each exhale, let any tension start to melt away from your body. Now, bring your focus to the very tips of your toes. Observe any sensations present, 
warmth, coolness, tingling, or perhaps the texture of your socks or shoes. There is no need to alter anything. Simply take note. Allow this awareness to slowly progress upwards, moving to your feet, ankles, and calves. With each part of your body that you scan, imagine releasing a knot of tension, breathing out any tightness or discomfort. As you proceed up through your knees to your thighs, maintain a kind curiosity about whatever you encounter. Allow your attention to rise like the gentle tide, reaching your hips and lower back. Here, concentrate on the support beneath you, feeling grounded and anchored. Continue this slow ascension up your spine, noticing the natural curves and any sensations present. When you reach your shoulders, picture them dropping slightly, creating space between them and your ears. Next, sense into your arms, from the broad muscles of your upper arms down to your fingertips. Imagine any stress flowing down the length of your arms and dissipating. Now, bring awareness to your chest and abdomen, observing the rising and falling motion with each breath, like waves upon the shore. Sense into your heart space, feeling the life and rhythm pulsing within. Shift your focus to your neck and jaw, regions that often harbor stress. Consciously relax these muscles, unclenching your jaw and allowing your tongue to rest comfortably. Lastly, Become aware of your face, your forehead, eyebrows, eyes, and the rest of your features. Let any expression fall away, smoothing out the landscape of your face. To conclude your body scan, take a few more deep breaths, visualizing clarity and tranquility bathing every cell of your body, leaving you refreshed and serene. Gently wiggle your fingers and toes, slowly reopening your eyes when you're ready and returning to the world around you with renewed presence and peace. Final Summary In summing up Annie Murphy-Paul's illuminating The Extended Mind, what becomes unarguably clear is the profound interconnectivity between our minds and the external world. Rather than existing in isolation, our mental faculties extend outward, through the vessel of our bodies, into the depths of our surroundings, and intermingling with the minds of those around us. As we've seen, traders can harness intuition by tuning into their body's whispers, while artists like Jackson Pollock and scholars like Robert Caro demonstrate how the environment can be a crucible for brilliance. Physics students, under Carl Wieman's innovative guidance, reveal how intellectual capabilities are amplified in collaborative settings. The key takeaway from our journey through the extended mind is a liberating truth. Our mental prowess is not confined to the brain, but is an expansive network that reaches out, touching and reshaping every facet of our existence. From noticing the minute signals within, to shaping our spaces, to dialoguing with peers, our brightest sparks of cognition are kindled through our ongoing dance with the world. Course the world as an extension of your intellect and unleash the boundless potential of your mind. Thank you for joining me today on this journey of learning and discovery as we explored the insights of another thought-provoking book in our growing library of knowledge. If you've enjoyed our time together, please take a moment to follow our podcast 
give us a five-star rating, and share 20-minute books with other knowledge seekers. Your support truly means a lot. Don't forget to join me again in the next episode, where we will delve into another enriching book. Until then, happy reading and happy listening.